Today we're going to pick up where we left off with the interview with Sister Rachel Coltharp. Let's get started. We're back with the rest of the interview with Sister Coltharp. So um, when we left off, you talked about kind of how you keep your relationship with God fresh. And I think that that's so important and something every single one of us needs to work on. Um, We had a couple of ladies reach out with some questions that they had for you. uh, And we're just going to walk through them. And if you have anything else you want to add to these questions, comments, please feel free to do so. Um, But to start off, have you ever felt like your worth has been challenged since getting married? And how did you deal with that? Sometimes we have a tendency to think that a relationship will fix everything, but that's not actually true. Oh, yeah, honey, if you if you are waiting on uh, a companion, whether you're male or female, if you're waiting on a companion to make you happy, uh, I have some sad, sad news for you. Um, No human being should be saddled with the responsibility of making you happy because, um, you know, the Lord doesn't even ask that of someone. The Lord doesn't require of me that I make my husband happy. Um, You know, that's just a heavy load to place on anybody. And there's not a human being who can meet every single one of your needs, because quite frankly, you probably have some unrealistic ones. Most of us do. And that's why we get disappointed in life is because we have a lot of you either we either have unrealistic expectations or we have way too low standards. And so we take somebody on that, uh, you know, we shouldn't have or we place this, you know, terrible burden on them of you should meet all my needs. So have I ever felt a lack of worth? What was what did you say? Have I ever felt? um. Yeah, like your worth was challenged or a lack of worth since being married or. Oh, well, sure, because I'm a because I got I have a wonky brain. Um, Now, I don't have an inner critic. Um, My husband is a one and ones have this inner critic that tells them that they're not good enough, that they didn't do a good enough job. If they made an A, it will tell them you should have made an A plus. Um, So they have this internal critic that constantly tells them they're not enough, uh, which is really sad of, of all of them. I would not want to be a one, you know, Oh my word. I thank the Lord that he made some ones and thank the Lord that I'm not one of the ones as a seven. And I, and the reason that I keep saying that is that for me to understand, this is not a Rachel thing. This is not unique to me. This is what sevens are like it helps me um, not to say, well, that's just how I am. It helps me to, to think, no, people with your disposition tend to, you know, fill in the blank. So, you know, I can't claim it as a strength because it's not a personal strength. This is just how all sevens are. And I can't claim it as, oh, well, that's just a weakness of mine. No, this is a growth opportunity all sevens have. So my lack of feeling like lack of worth, um, I would have that, you know, married or not married. Um, I don't get my, I'm not, um, some people are internally motivated. Some people are externally motivated and, um, I tend to be, um, 
internally motivated in some ways. And so I don't really find my worth in what somebody else thinks of, uh, you know, of me. I don't, um, I tend to, um, we like, you know, we like new and exciting and we like to be doing stuff. And so I can make myself happy all by myself. I don't need somebody else to make me happy. I bring my own happy. Um, I need somebody else for responsibility and dependability because I don't, I don't have a lot of that. So have I found my worth challenged? You know, I think everybody does, unless you're, you know, absolute narcissist and you just think you've got it all together and you're the best. And uh, marriage is not going to fix that. Marriage is not going to fix anything, sweet baby. Um, marriage is wonderful, but, um, but it, you know, it just, you just trade one hard for another. You know, I would say it's, I don't want to be single again. You know, uh, I really appreciate having somebody to do all the heavy lifting and <laughs> fetching and carrying and oh my goodness, uh, it's wonderful. Um, but then I also happen to marry the right kind of person, uh, personality type that would uh, complement my personality type. Had I married, let's say a person who, uh, the flamethrowers, you know, the, I think they're the nines, uh, they just like to take charge and they want to be in charge and by gummy, they're just going to walk all over you and leave bloody footprints in the, uh, where they've been. Uh, we'd had some trouble. And uh, I w- might would have found my worth behind some prison doors because I'm telling you right now, you you uh, you start pushing me around, and uh, and you don't you, you put your hands out to me to push me around. You're probably gonna come back with nubs. So uh, I guess I just married the right type of person to not you know struggle with a lot of that. That is a terrible round the tree answer, um, but I haven't struggled with my worth because my worth doesn't come. Intrinsically, I do not find my worth in what other people think about me. And I think that that's so important, so true. And a lot of times, I think that's why some of people need to be single as long as they are. Um, they need to figure out who they are first. Figure out who you are in God first and what you're looking for before we make some of those mistakes that you mentioned. Um. Throughout your life, have you ever struggled with depression and anxiety? And what are some things that you did to combat that? Um, feel free to go however deep or however shallow you want on this question. We will have a counselor here in a couple of weeks who's going to come on and talk specifically on these subjects. So Okay. Well, you know, there's different kinds. Depression is a, is a big old word, you know, so it's like saying swimming pool. You know, I... A uh, swimming pool can mean a little shallow waiter that you spent 10 bucks on at family dollar and, you know, you, it's ankle deep. It can also mean an in-ground pool that, uh, is, you know, 20 feet deep and, you know, you can, it has a, a wave machine on the end and you can, uh, you can surf on it. So depression is kind of like that. People just throw that word around. Um, so there's two kinds. There's the natural kind that's just, you know, somebody died uh, and you're very sad or, um, everybody's going to go through ups and downs emotionally, um, depressive times in their life, but then there's clinical depression and that's a whole nother animal. Um, and of course there's also, you know, supernatural, I've given, you know, somebody who's given themselves over to demonic spirits or whatever, um, oppression, probably oppression or, or even, um, I almost said infestation. <laughs> That's really not the right word. But anyway, where you invited in, I can't even think of that word right now, but uh, someone who's possessed, sorry, possession. What's the difference in possession and oppression? 
So um, I have struggled with um, with bouts of thinking weird thoughts, so unwanted thoughts. Um, and it does it, you know, I a couple of times in my life I have, of course, uh, not of course, but, you know, as a, as a teenager, I do remember. And that was probably hormonal. Um, but my it kind of runs in my family of that we parts of our brains just don't work like God would have intended them to do in a, you know, in, in the garden, in a perfect, perfect world. And so, you know, I have some people, you know, in my extended family that have seasonal affect disorder. And um, my grandfather, you know, was hospitalized a couple of times with, um, they called it uh, nervous breakdown back then. But, um, and so in my extended family, you know, there are on, on both, so on, on both sides of my family, like on my maternal side, and then also on my dad's side, you know, there's some OCD and some, uh, whoo, there's some, there's some stuff. <laughs> um, and that's, we're not unique in that. Actually, you know, a lot of us do, people just didn't know what to call it. In my life, um, the last really bad episode that I had was right before my father-in-law died. And man, it just swept over me one day. I was in my little, my little room here in the house and it, it's these unwanted thoughts and it, it, it feels just as real as the wanted thoughts. And I remember thinking they would be better off without me. You know, if Brent had a different wife, life would be better. Man, life would be better for the children. If they had a different mother, uh, you know, the church would, <laughs> the church would grow and be bigger. You know, it's, it's all of these very strange, unwanted thoughts, things you don't want to think. And, and I said to myself, I know this isn't true. Now it feels, it feels so true It, it because feeling, you know, being wrong feels just like being right. You can't tell the difference in feelings because emotions are these dirty little liars and they, you can't trust them. Oh my goodness. The heart is deceitful and wicked and who can know it? Well, I'm going to tell you, your emotions are deceitful and wicked and do not follow them. Uh, but I, I said, I know what this is. And I, and I, it, it's in my, in my life, I wasn't in sin. So um, I called my daughter and uh, I said, Reagan, this is what is going on right now. And I was crying. I mean, it, it's cause it's, it's an awful thing. And she said, she took me through our little checklist that we have, you know, mom, are you in sin? No, I'm not in sin. Okay. So this is, we know this can't be condemnation from anything you've brought on to yourself, you know? Um, so if it's not, if it's not sinful, then, um, you know what you need to do. You need to talk to, you need to talk to your doctor. Well, I happen to have a thyroid condition and girl, if your thyroid gets messed up, you do crazy stuff. I mean, oh my word, you'll think crazy thoughts. You'll, um, you do weirdo stuff. And I'm so grateful. Sister Dunaway told me years ago, you know, Sister Dunaway, precious, sweet Sister Dunaway. I mean, she was like the sweetest thing in the world. You know, she's been on thyroid medicine for like over 30 years. And when I had to go on it, she was so gracious. To, uh, I was crying to her about it, you know, and she was like, oh, honey, I've been on that for, you know, all my grown up life. She was <laughs> telling me like, it's okay. You know, it doesn't mean Jesus doesn't love you. Um, so if sweet sister Dunaway can stay sweet while she stays on her thyroid medicine, then it's just fine for me to go in and get a little tune up on mine when mine stops working or, you know, when I'm, my body changes and I need, I need a little more. Um, and, and I've had stronger than that, you know, uh, when I went through you know, menopause, y'all think that PMS is bad. Oh, honey. <sighs> hmm. It's, 
mm, I just hope you don't have bad case, but uh, I had to have something pretty strong, a little stronger when I went on, uh, when I went through um, menopause in my forties. So I am not opposed to getting chemical help when you need chemical help, just like, you know, yeah, if you have to wear glasses, um, glasses are a tool. They help you see better. Can the good Lord heal you so that you can see? Absolutely. He can. But if he doesn't and you need glasses to drive, well, you know, if you choose to wear those glasses, then you're going to be able to do more. And some for some of us, for some of us, uh, some chemical help um, is what we need to be able to function. Can you go to heaven without it? Absolutely. But you're not going to be as effective in what you can do physically. You know, just like if you don't have your glasses or if you're a diabetic and you don't, you choose not to take insulin. Well, it's nice knowing you, but uh, you won't be here as long. <laughs> so in, you know, in my case, when I struggle, I always start with that question, am I in sin? And I look at my life, Lord, is there anything that's going on? Because sometimes we bring stuff on ourselves. We open the door ourselves through bitterness or unforgiveness. Um, we can open the door to um, anxiety and, and stuff. But if it's not spiritual, um, then you might want to go get your blood levels checked. You know, get your hormones checked. Honey, women and hormones, it's like being on a roller coaster. It gets messed up. I mean, there are people who killed their children have postpartum depression and they hear voices and I mean, crazy stuff. And, uh, and it's not the devil. Like it's not always the devil, you know? <laughs> so, um, get your hormones checked, you know, find out maybe you're a diabetic. Maybe you need insulin. My father-in-law, before he knew he was a diabetic, um, it, poor man, he forgot my name you know, and he went and got checked out. And as it turned out, you know, he needed some, he needed, he needed some help with the sugar. A couple of years right before he died, he thought he had dementia because he was forgetting how to get home. He would be driving and forget where he was going or pull up to a, an intersection and look at his wife and say, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know where he thought he had dementia. He went in, he did a wise thing. He went in to get everything checked out. As it turned out, he was low on vitamin D, now, D is not the same as D3. And if you don't have enough D3, your brain, um, it works with the myelin sheaths in your in your brain and uh, you'll think you've got Alzheimer's. They put him, he started taking B, uh, I said D, he, D, but it was B12. I'm sorry. It was B12 that he was so low on. He started taking uh, monthly B12 shots and he was right back to normal. It wasn't the devil. It wasn't. It wasn't that he was, it was just old age. He was lacking in some vitamins. And so you put him, you know, on that. So um, people who struggle, I would say, you, God doesn't call, there's nothing holy about struggling. It's like be, being poor. There's nothing glorious about poverty. You know, God doesn't love poor people more than he loves rich people. Uh, so um, get some help, man. You know, if it's sin and you're addicted to something that you can't break on your own a sinful habit, get your, get some help. Um, talk to your pastor. Uh, if it's, but if it's physical, you know, you might just need some B12 shots. You might just need to get on some D3. You might need thyroid medicine. Uh, you know, you might need something stronger. You know, you might be bipolar. You might need more, but um, if you will clean up your diet, I'm telling you right now, if you will give up sugar, sugar is the devil. If you will give up sugar, people who give up sugar, sometimes their epileptic, well, they, their epileptic seizures will stop people who completely give it up. Um, OCD kind of clears right up. Um, anxiety, depression, so many things clear up when people get sugar out of their diet because sugar, it feeds cancer. 
It feeds inflammation. If your joints are hurting, you know, you can pray all day long. You keep eating donuts, baby. You're going to keep hurting. So um, if you struggle, realize that the Lord will give you wisdom, but you're going to have to be obedient and be willing to, um, to get out there and do something about it. I appreciate you saying that. I think um, there's been a lot of good discussion about mental health and kind of a push towards that throughout the church over the past couple of years that I've seen. And I think it's important that people recognize it can be spiritual. It can also be physical and we need to be aware and wise to both um, and not neglect one at the expense of the other. Yeah. And not to just jump on drugs. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying just, you know, pile on a bunch of drugs. I, here's what I asked the Lord, you know, I have a, I have autoimmune disease and I, and I also, you know, struggle with mental things sometimes. And so I've asked the Lord, Lord, if you, if I will do my part and I'm going to only ask you to do your part, I'm not going to ask you to supernaturally, you know, take away, for example, the sugar, the sugar and the wheat in my case, wheat and sugar, terrible for me. Um, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to pray for miracles and keep feeding my disease. And so I think it's also very important. You don't want to just jump on a bunch of drugs. You know, you, you want to clean up your act. You want to move your body. You want to drink plenty of water. You want to do the things that you should do, you know, um, and not just expect some magic pill to take care of everything. Right. Um, I heard a great explanation of this uh, on TikTok the other day. A woman was saying, if I pray that God helps me make my bus, but I walk to my bus and I miss it, that's not God. I need to pray that I make my bus and then run for that bus. And then if I miss the bus, then that wasn't the bus that God had in store for me. He has something else coming along the way. So making sure that we do our part um, and also trusting God and be in the spiritual and all things. And she needs to leave her house early. <laughs> So she don't have to run. Yes. Um, so when when we are looking to grow and to develop, a lot of times we talk about mentorships. Uh, what is some things we should look at when we're looking at choosing the right mentor or when we're maybe at a smaller church and don't feel like there's someone nearby that we can feel confident in? I'm not sure that I really understand. I, you know, I hear people talk about mentors and I know what in a, you know, in a secular environment, I know what mentorship is. And that's when you, you know, in business or, you know, in, in your career, you would find someone who you can ask questions. So you can say, hey, I'm thinking about taking this other class or I'm thinking about, you know, starting this business or in my business, I'm thinking about, you know, adding on. What what do you think? And you ask them questions. It seems to me like when people use it in the church, they're saying, I want somebody to be my, um, my big sister, uh, or my aunt, you know, and, and that they're going to call me and give me good advice that, so I'm, I get confused as to what people mean exactly by mentor, because a mentor is someone that you ask, that you ask to help you and you ask them for advice, someone who's, you know, got some knowledge that you don't have. And so, and I grew up in a small church, you know, I, there, I was never in a church that had more than, I don't know, 40 people, maybe. Um, so, which is relatively small, you know, small congregation. And, and at times when my, when my dad was pastor, you know, it was us and it was me and my four that were in our, our household. And, um, 
and maybe three, four other people, you know, so I've also had the, you know, there's 10 of us, you know. Um, so I guess I would say there's always somebody you can ask questions of, you know, you, if you are, you know, interested, let's say like for yourself, you know, obviously you're a learner, you love to learn, uh, but there's some there, even in a very, very small setting, you know, you would be able to, um, to ask someone, tell me about your, your young married life. Tell me about what you would do different with your kids. If you could tell me what you got right. Tell me what you could have done more. So it may not be that, you know, there's Vesta Lane Mangan, you know, at your local congregation, but there is someone who was a good wife. There's someone who's a good mother. There was someone who um, could show you how to make the best, you know, apple pie in the world. Um, Even if they're not this, you know, what we would think of as the spiritual giant, you know, um, I guarantee you there is someone who could, that, that you could ask some. So you don't have to have one person as a mentor, you don't have to, I don't know that I've ever had a mentor in my life. Um, I'm like you, I read a lot anymore. It's audible. Um, and thank the good Lord for YouTube, you know, interviews and podcasts and stuff. Um, so, you know, I've been mentored by all of them. Uh, fabulous book. You want a mentor, uh, ish kind of thing. Read Eric Metaxas book. Um, it's called, I believe it's called seven women. Um, who changed the world or just look up Eric Metaxas women. And um, I think it's seven. Anyway, Susanna Wesley is one of them. And uh, Mother Teresa is one of them. And he's got, he's got one in there that's, you know, different, you know, she was a, uh, helped with the Nazi uh, resistance, but uh, I see you looking around. You must have that book back there somewhere. I have one close to it. It's like okay. 11 biblical women or something. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, um, John MacArthur has a book about some, something about big women. I know, uh, brother Gurley has a book about, you know, women in the Bible. So there's a bunch of them, but Eric Metaxas book, which is small little, um, biographies of these women who were just amazing. I would consider that mentorship because even though I can't ask those women questions, um, their life can speak to me and I can, and God can use little parts of those stories um, to speak to me when I need it, you know? So I would say if you, you know, you don't have to have this one person, um, that calls you every Tuesday at six 30. Um, you can reach out to different people, um, for different things, but man, you know, avail yourself of wisdom, um, by reading books, by listening to audiobooks, by, um, you know, listening to, um, Oh my goodness. There's so many, you know, YouTube is just full of them. I just keep them running in the background while I'm, while I'm working. Um, anything Eric Metaxas does, you know, yes. <laughs> Find where he speaks. I think he speaks at the Socrates club in New York, you know, um, different ones and, and just follow along and all truth is God's truth. So it doesn't have to be, you don't have to learn every single thing from, you know, your apostolic granny, um, or your, you know, uh, Apostolic pastor's wife, um, you can learn a lot. God can speak to you a lot as you're putting into your mind best practices and wisdom that you can find, um, you know, in different places. And then get your spiritual, um, your spiritual mentorship from you know, a spirit-filled person, you know, but uh, just learning how to do basic best practices. Man, there's so many free resources out there. Grow yourself, learn. You don't have to wait for this perfect mentor. And quite frankly, you know, I got a couple of friends and I've never heard any of them say, 
I have this one, you know, Janet Trout is my mentor and she calls me and I, no, none of them. They all stretch and grow them themselves um, through various avenues and by asking different people. I think that is great that you mentioned all those resources that we have. And I think that sometimes in our digital world and with all the resources, we can, uh, I don't want to say lazy, but we can become lazy or entitled and not realize the things that we have around us and all the resources that we are blessed to have. Uh, oh, yeah. Listening to sermons or uh, practical advice as well. There are so many things. So, and I know I've benefited from that. And that's why this podcast was started was to help others benefit from some of the things that I've learned along the way. Good. But our time is coming to a close. Um, With that, is there one last piece of advice that you'd like to give to young ladies in the church? Oh, Marcy. Um, You know, it's more, I, I guess I would say direction is more important than perfection. Because perfection is an unattainable goal. You will never be perfect, again, unless you are, you know, straight up narcissist, um, delusional. Uh, But look at the direction that you're going in, because sometimes we excuse ourselves and we say, well, I'm, you know, I'm not doing this as well as I want to, but I'm not an axe murderer. You know, I'm not shacking up with the neighbor. Um, You know, look at direction. Are you headed toward Christ? Are you... Are you headed away from him? Because, you know, a brand new convert that is headed toward Christ may not be doing all the things that you are doing. And yet their face is toward Christ and you, you look good. You know, you look like you're doing the right things. And yet, and yet really your, your heart is, is not turned toward him. So um, I would say, you know, strive for direction over perfection. And I would also say unfollow one of the worst things in that the digital age has done is it has, we have made idols. We brought our own idols in. When I was a child, my, my friend Margaret had an actual idol in her home. They were, um, they were from another country and they had an idol and they put food out to it. And, um, you know, I was used to seeing this idol in their home, but we have put up idols in our lives And it's not always just, you know, the beautiful woman with all the beautiful clothes that we're, you know, looking at on Instagram or TikTok. Sometimes it's this idea of perfection. Um, And we are waste, we, we we're not offering food to our idol, but we're offering our time and our attention. And listen, every deed is a seed. And if, if I waste my time on, you know, Pinterest or um, Instagram, whatever. I don't, I don't do TikTok, but a lot of the Instagram stuff I see was made on TikTok. Um, y'all going to let somebody ride in there to your bank account. If you keep it up with TikTok, y'all better be careful. But uh, you know, if we're not careful, we make an idol. We set up an idol in our, in our minds and in our homes with, with our digital devices. And so, you know, put time constraints on, on yourself because, um, and what you're spending your time on, you're worship. You could be worshiping. And do you spend more time on that, you know, than you do talking to people? Do you spend more time? Do you waste more time on digital content? And I'm not saying invested time because that's different. And everybody needs some free fun time. You know, I I like free fun time too. But uh, we are worshiping at an idol of entertainment. Um, 
And we, we better be careful because you don't get that time back. And, um, and there are some things you can't unsee. So, you know, put some real heavy guards on your time and, uh, and be intentional about what you're doing. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I think everything that you have said today can be applied to someone who's listening, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you're going through, like you said earlier, male or female, uh, these are principles that are important to all of us and we can all be learning and growing. And I appreciate you giving us of your time. So I'm so grateful for sister Colthorpe and her ministry. I believe anyone can gain something from this week's episode. So as always, remember you're doing it girl, whether you realize it or not.